Hello, faithful listeners. It's Zan. And Greta. And we're here for a very special episode of Spirekins Television Tuesday. This is actually our part two of our release on June 16th, 2020. And this is special because we're not talking about a television show that we watched, kind of. But we are. We're talking about a whole season of a TV series, which season two starts next week. And we're actually going to be adding that to our reviews. Was it that we didn't know about it and we caught it late? Yes. Okay. We didn't know about it last season, but we found out about it. We found out the new episode starts next week, and we actually watched the whole series, and we are kind of addicted to it. But if you're joining us for the first time, welcome. Sparkin is a podcast that provides informative reviews about connectly enhanced narratives, i.e. things you watch, do, interact with, and we talk about things like mangas, movies, video games, and other things. And you can find any of our earlier episodes at www.spirekin.com. We're also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Spotify, and all those other lovely social media sites. And since this is our Television Tuesday, we talk about TV shows. And this one, we're talking about an entire season, not just a single episode. And the show we're talking about is being released on AMC. And it's one that, like we said, skipped our radar entirely. Which is rare. And it's a show which, well, it kind of makes sense why it does. Because it's one series that you're kind of not a fan of. It's It's a horror show. Yeah, big time. But it's one which is so intriguing and engaging, I gotta admit... It kind of drew me right in. Well, the reason why it drew me in is because of the fact that they had an interview with the director of the show. And I immediately looked at this guy and I'm like, he looks oddly familiar. He looks like... He looks like Stephen King. Yes. And the director is Joe Hill, which if you've never seen anything by him, he's a guy that did Lock and Key, which we talked about in our our uh, review podcast. Uh, he did um, Horn, the movie with Daniel Radcliffe. He's worked on a couple of different properties. Little known fact? Stephen King's son. Yes, his full name is jo- Joseph Hill King. He's his son. He wants to go under his own name, which is kind of cool. And it's very commendable, yeah. He's not riding on his dad's coattails. And the show that we're talking about is NOS 4A2. So I like puns, and so that was interesting to me. So N-O-S, the number four, the letter A, the number two. So if you say it out loud, it's Nosferatu. Nosferatu. uh, It is a kind of vampire story that is set in the same universe as Lock and Key and all these other things he's written. And also set in technically in the Stephen King universe because there's references to Mid-Earth or Mid-World and Pennywise. And also you do see Lloyd, the bartender from uh, The Shining. And you'll see Freddy Krueger and Pennywise. So it's kind of like, whoa. And let's just say... They're afraid of the main villain in this. Let's just start with that. Let's be honest. So this so this first season, you can watch on Hulu. It premiered on June 2nd, 2019 on AMC. Ten episodes long. And season two starts on the 21st, next Sunday, 2020. We're going to be talking this episode by episode. So, first off, what is Nosferatu about? Is it about a vampire? Kind of. It's about a vampire maker? No. It is the story of a young girl named Vic McQueen, Victoria McQueen, who is a Boston, or sorry, a Massachusetts working class young girl who's an artist. Townie. Yes, she's a townie, who discovers she has a cool supernatural ability to find anything that's missing through a bridge that magically appears that only she could see. No, other people can see it. All right, true. That only she could manifest and only yeah. she could travel on. And she discovers she's not the only person who has these weird abilities. And one of the people who's involved is our main villain, uh, Charlie Manx. 
who is at times an old man and at other times a charismatic young guy. But at all times is pretty creepy. He drives a 1938 Rolls Royce and he kidnaps children to take them to Christmas land. The Rolls Royce that he drives is a Wraith. Yes. It's a very specific handmade vehicle. And he's like, even when he's young, he's always kind of creepy. His teeth are kind of pointed. You know how that trend of girls doing those massively thick... um, Fake nails, but they called them almond nails, so they came to a point. He has those, like, oh, those creepy are, those, nails. The, no, that is the classic Nosferatu. Those are claws. Those are the vampire claws, and they They're work like so talons. well. They're like talons. Creepy. So he kidnaps children, brings them to Christmas land, and feeds on their souls to get young again. That's his trick, and that's what he does. And it actually opens up where he kidnaps a child, and he takes him to Christmas land as an old man. But he takes these children from horrible situations kind of horrible he thinks to a worse situation frankly he sucks their soul but and then they become evil and homicide but um he found a way to live forever and vic gets involved because one of her friends gets kidnapped but earlier than that another girl with special abilities her the kid she babysat and taught how to read was kidnapped and she ends up finding Vic. And she is the kind of, um, I want to say... She's kind of like the mentor for Vic. Yes. Like, hey, you figured out there's something weird going on. Let me explain it to you. She's exposition girl. Yeah. And it's the story is essentially Vic trying to defeat Charlie Manx and rescue his villains without going crazy and or falling victim to him herself throughout this. And the show is 10 episodes long. And it builds the characters greatly. Each of these characters are three-dimensional and they're all unique. And there are multiple characters. And Even some of the side characters that are only in for like a moment and, and a couple episodes here and there have like a well-developed character. They, they all feel real. They're, they are all real, which is what makes this such a good horror thing because it's super real, which is also why uh, I have to watch like a Disney show afterwards. Now let's get to the casting for this show. Now first off, we have Ashley Cummins as Victoria Vic McQueen, our main character. And she knocks it out of the park now. You know her from a different TV show. I know her from Miss Franny Fisher's Murder Mysteries. She was Dot. And I love her as Dot. Is this this little Australian sweet girl. In this show, she is not an Australian sweet girl. She is a Massachusetts townie with a Southie accent. But she's trying to clean up the Southie accent. Also, she's someone who's an artist who wants to better herself to get out of her situation, which is she lives with her mom and dad, and her dad is not she around. She loves all the time. her parents. She loves her parents. She loves her dad. Her mom is kind of a bitch. Her mom's crazy. She, her mom's hanging on too tight. Yes, and her dad is. I'm gonna spoil her. Well, there are other reasons why she gets along with the dad. They're similar. Yeah, you take after one parent. She takes after her dad. She's a daddy's in, girl in more ways than one, and. I love that he he's not the best father. Not by a long shot, but he is there for her. He cares about her. And I like that he, when he sees that something's wrong and she's following in his footsteps, he attempts to better himself. Yeah, because he loves her. Yeah, and that's a good... He's, he's being a good father, even though he's not a, the best father. But in the entire series, he keeps telling her, don't ever get married. Don't, don't ever, ever have kids and get out of this town. That's what he wants her to do. And he's a, he, and she does a great job as this character. And they make her look like a wild girl. Like, they make her hair look like a lion's mane. And she's uh, she has a dirt bike, which it turns out that's her, her special ability. Which we'll talk about in a little bit about the whole mythology behind this powers. But So the other 
main character we have besides her is uh, Jakara J. Smith as Margaret Lee, Maggie. She's the mentor character, and she is a girl, who, a woman, who can't go home anymore because her parents think she's an abomination. Why do they think she's an abomination? Because, well, one, she's a lesbian, and two, she has this bag of Scrabble tiles that she reaches into this like bottomless pit of a bag and pulls out these Scrabble tiles and can answer questions with them. She's able to find out anything. She's a medium. And her family thinks she's cursed. And their deal is she can come home if, one, she doesn't stay out late, no drugs. Also, she's a, a recovering drug addict. But I think that was because she was, like, coping with this weird... Power. And so, no drugs, can't go out, no girls, because they want her to be a good little Catholic, and no Scrabble tiles, no magic. But that's what she is. So, she's living in a town in Ohio, being taken care of by the local sheriff who likes her, who, like who treats her like a daughter. He's frustrated with her, but they have a father-daughter relationship and he actually cares about her. And that's a really cool... And she really cares about him. Oh, yeah. They, they have a very good relationship. And the father's played by um, uh, Chris McKenney. Does a great job as this father figure. And she does a great job playing this character who's... At first, she's super like, I love my powers. It's great. And then when things go to hell, it's... She's devastated, and it just she falls into a very bad pattern. It's kind of fun how she does it. Now, the next character is, we're not going to reveal the big bad yet, but it's his Renfield, his assistant. And this is Olaf, Olafur Darren Olafsson. Long name. I think he's, where is he from? Is he, he's an American-born Islandic actor, producer, and screenwriter. He was in Lady Dynamite, XL, and he is playing... Bing Partridge, a guy who, when you first meet him, you really like him. He's well, you like him because he seems like a guy who's just kind of. And Vic liked him. Oh, Vic loves this guy because he's. They trade comic books, and he seems simple, but he's he's. He is kind of simple. He's not. But like, he's, he's the guy that probably got picked on his entire life, and so Vic, um, and he liked the same comic book, so they share comic books. They trade them. She's nice to him. And he's like this harmless janitor like guy. Like friends to the end. Like he's just like a harmless guy that is very sweet down to earth. And then you find out the truth is he is... A monster. He's a monster that was created. He's controllable. He's... So he could either have been controlled for good or controlled for evil. And he unfortunately evil found him. So... Yes, he's convinced by Charlie Manx that... He could work for Christmas Land as head of security. In order to do that, he has to help out Charlie Manx get children and rescue them from from bad situations. Because these children that they're saving, with quotation points around them, are, as you said, bad situations. Their parents try to pimp them out. Their parents try to hurt them. And Charlie points out that Bing didn't have the best childhood either. Because he knows, like kids immediately and knows everything about them by their full name calling them by their full name and he knows that bing could have could have been one of his children if he had found him earlier he could have saved him and because bing did saved had to save himself from a bad situation and it's a shame what happened to bing honestly he had a horrific dad and a and a mom who was kind of who didn't protect him who didn't protect him and it just... Every time the dad was horrible to him... She made cookies. She made Christmas cookies. And the dad definitely had PTSD. Oh, the dad was an abusive piece of shit. He totally was. He was the reverse of uh, Ebony Moss Barack's Chris McQueen. Because Chris McQueen, he's like, 
I have problems and I try to take myself away from you, but I love you. You know, I'd never hurt you. Yeah, I'd fight with your mom and stuff, but I'm never going to hurt you. This dad is, you're you're a big fat kid. You're, you're a target. You're a sissy. Or sorry, don't be a pussy. Yeah, strong language. We already did that in the, in the opening, uh, the opening warning. So they know about that. So that's fine. But so Bing is, becomes a henchman who is kind of nightmarish because he wears a, a, uh, gas mask when he goes to, to rescue children. And it's because he has access to gas that Charlie finds him. Well, Charlie's really interested, but there's one gas that smells like gingerbread, which is the whole Christmas theme. Yes, it's actually a real gas used by dentists, and it has different flavors. And this one, the gingerbread one, is the gingerbread gas. Makes people susceptible and makes people pliable, right? Yeah. Pliable is the word we'd look for. (sighs) Pliable, susceptible, open to suggestion. Yes. And it just leads to some very disturbing things with that. Now... As we said, we had uh, Ebony Moss Barak as the dad. We said as the dad who he's flawed, and he he is flawed. Then you have uh, Virginia Cole as Linda McQueen, the mom who is trying to hold on to her daughter way too much. Like she says, "Oh, you're not good enough to go to college. We can't afford to send you to college." So you time work- that you know that none of us go to college. It's not what our family does. Yeah. We're not good enough for that. And when she gets into college, she's super, super... Uh... She wants to She wants to be happy for her, because that's her daughter, but she's not. She One, it turns out she doesn't want her daughter going away, because she can't handle being alone. She's never really been alone. Yeah. She got married, hooked up with a guy. She got married really young, and has never... Lived been alone she she's in the same town she was born in it's the same town she's gonna die in they work off the books both her and her husband both parents work off the books there's no tax returns there's no nothing they just work in cash they make ends meet and it's a tragic it's a tragic situation for them and there's a couple other recurring characters that we could definitely talk about like dalton herod as craig her townie uh vick's townie best friend who is in love with her and, and has been since the second grade. Also, can't forget the fact that Vic is a straight edge. Yeah. All the, the kids in this town are, who well, are not rich. It seems like all the kids, no, even the rich kids, oh, yeah. all the kids in this town seem to be smoking weed and drinking alcohol. And Vic doesn't touch either. She's very, a very good girl in that. Method. At least in the beginning. Vic in the beginning. Touch. Craig is a pothead, but he's, her friend he's there for her supports her he's got a really shitty situation right but so i think he's doing drugs to cope right but he cares about her so much like he joins a class like and she's like you're really good you should apply for art school he's like the only reason why i went to this class is for you Mm -hmm. like he really cares about her and there's another guy uh i think it's darby smith uh Haley smith is the no that's the girl um no Haley's a girl that's kidnapped um there's another oh here it is uh Ramara Newton is Drew Butler he's the opposite of him he's the her like her potential ticket out of there he's a rich guy whose parents are doctors and he likes her he's into her and he tries to kind of elevate her good a good a good um comparison is uh from Gilmore Girls you have Jesse and you have Logan Yes. Logan is the rich, pretty boy, and Jesse is the... From, like, the little juvenile delinquent. Yeah, and that's how they, they work. But 
out of the two of them, the better of the two is the juvenile delinquent at this point. Craig is the better of the two, to be honest. It seems like Drew seems like she's more plaything than anything else. Like, he cares about her, but he's... I don't think he looks at her as a plaything. I think he really does care about her, with the exception of... I don't think he really knows what it really means to fully be in love. Probably, but those characters really define her. Also, you have her best friend, Willa, Paulina Singer, who she is great in this role. She is the, um, my mom is your mom's employer, but also, you know, I'm the girl who's going to help you get into college because I'm awesome and you've been my friend for years. And I go to private school, but you're still the coolest person I know. And it's a kind of nice dynamic that no matter what, even though she went to another school, Willa still, she's like, yeah, you're a townie, but it doesn't matter that you're a townie. You're still my friend. And that's the crux of their relationship. It's not the, oh, because you're poor, I'm going to write you off. It's, no, it's, you're my friend no matter what. And I, I just want to bring you up to my level now. That's what I I'm going to help you. Let me help you get into school. Let me help you. Let's take a trip. I'll take a trip and go there, and then you just tag along. Like, she would be the person who's like, you need money? I'll give you money. No questions asked. You need a suit for an interview? I'll get you a suit. I'll drive you to the interview. She's a good friend. Yeah. It, she does, but to a point, like, she kind of looks down upon her mom. Not her mom. Uh, Vic's mom. She sees that Vic's mom is kind of holding her back, and then she's... All, she and her mother have seen Vic's mom with bruises from domestic violence. Yes. Which Vic doesn't want to... Admit to. It takes a while for her to admit to it. So, you have a great all-star cast. You also have uh, Judith Roberts in this as an older woman named Jolene who is uh, in a wheelchair in her whole story, which is really cool. And then let's get to our, our main villain. The main character of this show, shall we say. The Nosferatu. The man who drives the wraith. Zachary Quinto. Guy who played Spock in Star Trek, the new series. Most poorly, I know him as the villain from Heroes, Siler. And wow, he does a great job. He is under absurdly large amount of makeup in this. And he admits it's four Not hours always. of makeup. They have to switch each makeup for him. No, but when he plays a younger guy, there's still makeup involved, but it's mostly him. Yeah. But as there's different, like four different phases. And he has to, he actually made like different phase it's like how simon Pegg, when he talks about the drunkenness levels in the world's end it's like that he's like i have different phases i can get into for charlie manx so this is charlie manx when he's old decrepit man this is charlie manx when he's younger this is charlie manx at his youngest and it's compelling to see charlie as this person who like we said he's essentially kidnapping children to bring them to this magical place called christmas land which it's called an insight it's his insight it's in his mind brought into reality and he brings the children there to quote unquote save them, but also to feed off of their souls to save himself because he's in this weird relationship with this car. Because the wraith is not just his salvation or his his magic; it's also his life. He's tied to this. So there's some terminology I feel like we should share because I didn't know it. Okay, so the whole thing is that the characters who have abilities are called strong creatives because in this world. Strong creatives are able to mess with reality in a way of bringing the world of mind into our world. And their world that they bring from their mind is called their insight. And each insight does something slightly different. For example, some people's insights allow them to have immense strength. Um, bringing up some of the other books, 
in Horn, it's referenced that there's a thing called the Treehouse of the Mind. That's the place where, um, I forgot what Dan Radcliffe's character's name was, but his girlfriend's soul is in, in his soul. That's where they met, that's where they hooked up, and that's where when he died, he went in there, and that's when he got the curse. It's because that was his insight. It's a place which is magical, where if you travel into it, you get your ability. Now, in order to access your insight, you need what's called a knife. And it's called a knife because you have to cut through reality. Reality. And each one has something different. Like we said, Maggie, she cuts through reality using her Scrabble bag. That's her knife. But her knife and her um, ability is to see to find to a, find the tiles, to find information, to discover things, to discover what things are. But it's not a perfect science because one, it's just no, no proper nouns like real Scrabble, and two, it's one where. It's gonna. She, has she also to, has to interpret them. She can interpret them incorrectly. Right. Like in one case, she interpreted it as smitten, when really it was supposed to be mittens. A cat. So yeah. So that is her ability, and then every character has different abilities. There are other characters they were introduced to, like we said. There's a character named Jolene. Her uh, insight was called the Darker Path, and the Darker Path is like a subway tunnel which had all the missing children that Charlie had been kidnapping for years because it's an old woman. And originally, her way to access her insight was a pair of roller skates because... She'd have to get up going fast enough. And she was a car hop. So it's something which is broken that's tied to you in some way, your knife. Her, that's her knife. But as an older woman, it turns out it's her wheelchair and she just has to get up going fast enough and she can still access it. Because this is when we find out that there's you can have more than one knife. You start off with one, then it evolves to another one. Now, Vic's is, knife is her dirt bike that her dad gave her. It's a beat up piece of crap that's red, but she loves it, and that's her knife. And her insight is a bridge that was torn down called the Shorter Way. And whatever she's looking for, it'll the bridge will show up at the same location, and she drives. By through the way, it. the bridge hasn't been around since she's been alive yeah it was torn down 10 years before she was born right it used and her dad was part of the crew that blew it up so it just magically appears it's a really cool covered bridge it's really creepy looking there are bats in there and she drives through it and it appears wherever she needs to be now the cool part about it is when it appears it appears the end of the bridge appears there so if she's going into a middle of a city randomly in the middle of the city in the alley that she pops out of the bridge will be there and people can see it. It's real. But they can't go through it. Only she can go through it. Or someone she brings through it. So she can find lost things. So one of her friends, her her, her very best friend who loves her, had this old beat up rabbit stuffed animal. Craig had a stuffed rabbit and she so, finds it. So she goes, what, what was your dog called? And he goes, it was a rabbit. And his name was whatever, whatever. And she finds it. So she goes through the tunnel and comes back with it. And he gets freaked out and says, don't do this again. Because he knows something's wrong. But she ends up using it to find things. And she can find most things. However, when... But she can find stationary things. Yes. Unlike a moving car, per se. She's looking for her childhood friend, Haley. The little girl that she was watching over. And she's in the Wraith. And she can't find it. But she could find where the Wraith is stationed at one point. So when the wraith stops, she can find it. Now she has no way of knowing if the wraith is moving or not. Just if it once it stops, she can find it. Yes. So that's her uh, insight. And the other thing we have to explain is that the insights also can be destroyed. And if an insight is destroyed, it will hurt you. There's like also it, a trade-off for using your, your insight. Yes. For strong creatives, everybody has a penalty. So Scrabble Girl 
the more she uses it, the more she has a stutter. And at one point she stops using it and her stutter completely goes away. Yes. Now, Vix is her mind. Her eye. And she gets this piercing migraine and her one eye gets like bloody. She says it feels like there's a needle in it. And her grasp on reality starts to to mess around further. Like she's like... The... But that's like understandable too because she's slicing reality. Mm, true. Um, they don't really explain what Jolene's uh, penalty was. Jolene was a car hop. Her her penalty they never explained, but we know that she got injured because of it because uh, Charlie didn't. But Charlie's is his humanity. He loses his humanity over time. Yeah, when they have a flashback and you see him with Jolene, he still had humanity. He was already losing some of it, but he still had it. He doesn't have it at all anymore. Yes, and the second season, which is coming out, is going to explain what happened. Now, there's another character that we're introduced to who is another bad guy, uh, who has a club called Parnassus, and Parnassus is his is his insight. It's a club for people, for all the different insight. They're all villains are in there. Like a bar. Yeah, it's a bar for villains, and I love that when the jukebox starts, like, oh no, 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 no. Starts playing Christmas music. Everybody um, just clears out immediately. Yeah. And he's like, oh, that's why there's Christmas music. You're here. It's like, Merry fucking Christmas. And he's like, oh, no, no, no. Language. Because we forgot to mention that Charlie Manx is 135 years old. Yeah, he's from a different time completely. So he has old sensibilities. Like, he doesn't like the fact that children are raised by televisions. And that the mothers work too hard. Like, there's a doctor who's working there. He's like, you're working with rapists and murderers. And I should take your child. She's working in a prison, but she's a doctor or a nurse or whatever. And she's working in the prison to, to do the right thing. And he's like, I can't believe you leave your child to help murderers and rapists. You're unfit. He's he's psychotic. And he's looking for a mother for his children at Christmas. Because it's his is weird because he has technically three insights. He has the St. Nicholas Way, which is the road he takes, which takes however long it takes to drain the child. He has Christmas Town, which could be his or could be his daughter's. Because he has a daughter who's a vampire. Because little kids, when their souls are taken, they become little monsters that kill people and eat blood. Like with sharp, jagged teeth and like they can claw you. They kind of look like Children of Judas. Which is, if if you're familiar with the, the Humberto Ramos comic, Elder uh, Crimson, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about by the children of judas like with the spiky teeth that looks like if you bite it it'll make triple x's on your on your arm but it's but he has that insight the christmas land and then he has the graveyard of things to things to pass which are like all the children are going to be hurt and that's how he convinces bing to work with him it's disgusting so overall first season was 10 episodes and it is a very investing and intriguing show it's riveting. It's a horror show, but it's riveting. Because they're trying to hunt down Charlie Manx, find him, meet Charlie Manx, and Charlie Manx doesn't realize he's being hunted, but he knows that Vic is powerful, and he wants to either turn Vic to his side or kill He knows her. when Vic figures out her <clears throat> endscape when she becomes a creative or whatever, because he starts having dreams about her, and she starts having dreams about him. They can sense each other. Kind of like Highlander-ish. It's weird, but it's a very compelling story. Now, to get into it, if you have a chance, this is one of those, stream it immediately. Watch it now, stream it, because we're definitely going to be talking about this show a lot more. It's one which is... Yeah, when season two starts, we're going to watch this and talk about it, discuss it. Now, here's four things I'm going to say about this show. One, the show is 
very uh, plot-driven. It is not a serial story. This is a mini-series. It goes from point A to point B, no questions asked. It's going to be, it's one straight continuous story that takes place. So that's, you could binge it, there's no problem. First thing. Second thing, this show is not for the faint of heart. Not the vampire setting, but a lot of the other things that are going on in this show. They talk about domestic dispute abuse with this there's uh rape in this there's a serial killer in this um what else am i missing uh people die oh of course people are gonna die from this but it's there's a lot of gray moral ground in it yes a lot of gray questionable moral ground where some things are could be seen as evil but other like things... do the ends justify the means do yes that's a very good way to explain it uh it's very gray morally third thing it's it's true to real life. All the characters are true to real life. It's very true. It's not good guys are good guys, bad guys are bad guys, the end. Because it's because Charlie, he's a horrible person. But his logic kind of makes sense in a weird sort of way. Like Thanos. <laughs> yeah, like Thanos, except the way he goes about it is horrific. Right, because Thanos was a saint. <laughs> no, not at all. The Thanos from MCU, not Thanos from the, the comics. Thanos from the comics is just a complete but But um, what's... What's the author's name? Joe Hill. Joe Hill, Stephen King's son. Every single person is developed. This is a real world, which adds to the horror of it all because it's just so real. Like, I'm not ready for Halloween this year because if people are dressing up like this, it's going to be like it all over again. I don't think they're going to dress up like this, like this character at all. And I'm surprised you're not worried about the other holiday. Christmas? Yeah. Yeah, because this whole show is based around Christmas because Christmas Town and Charlie's main theme is Carol of the Bells. I love Christmas. I don't like horror, and yet I'm watching this show. So, yeah. Riveted by it. This is a great interpretation, and this is his third um, series that's been brought to television. And I've got to say, he's three for three right now because Lock and Key is amazing, Horn was amazing, and this is amazing. He's three for three right now. Yep. Right. Hardcore. So, uh, I think that's all we could talk about. Well, last thing, watch a show. We're not going to spoil it for you because it's a show that has to be embraced. But be prepared for some insanity. And we're going to definitely talk about this. And if I can get a camera up and running, maybe we'll live stream the viewing for the final episode. Oh my gosh, you can all watch me cringe. Do a live stream watch. We all watch together. I don't know. We'll see. Could be fun. So, I think that's it for this episode. I think we're done. Uh, see you guys next week where we'll be talking about... Why Zan yawns when he thinks about horror movies. Yes, why I yawn. No, seriously, we're going to be talking about Snowpiercer Episode 6. We're talking about, hopefully, Stargirl Episode 6, if I still have DC Universe. And we'll talk about Episode 1 of Season 2 of Nosferatu. Let us know your thoughts. Have you seen this show? Is this new for you? Are there different perspectives you might have? Do you think it's a garbage show? Do you like that Zachary Quinn is playing a villain again? Interested. Is this on your list? If you like horror, this should be on your list. Let us know what you think. Uh, That's it. We're Gonsville. Catch you guys next time. I'm Zan. I'm Greta. See you guys later and keep watching TV shows. And if you have a chance, read the book for this one. This one's cool. Bye. Thank you.